Welcome to the 15-Minute Classroom. Come on in and join me as we sit across this online table together. I'm glad you're here. If this is your first time in the classroom, let me introduce myself. I'm Diane Kay, host of the 15-Minute Classroom podcast and owner of Next Steps, a collaborative coaching business. Here in the classroom, you'll gain access to information, tools, strategies, and educational support for children 4 to 12 years of age as you seek to develop essential skills that your children need at home, at school, and in their relationships. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, the 15-minute classroom is here for you. Each episode contains a brief 15-minute opportunity to apply the foundational strategy the classroom podcast is based on. If you've not listened to episode one, I'd encourage you to go back and listen in to gain a clear understanding of the 15-minute foundational strategy that you can use to apply to this episode. How often do you hear your child say, I can't or I won't? On today's episode, we'll dive into some of the dangers of negative self-talk, two specific strategies you can practice with your children to turn things around, and a fun activity to build I can't and I won't problem-solving skills. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode, episode number nine. On my Instagram post today, April 22nd, I asked the question, what do you find harder to hear from your children? I can't or I won't. It's an interesting question for sure. For many parents, I won't seems to be harder for them to hear. When a child's I won't is perceived as a challenge to parenting, a parent may react without stopping to consider what might actually be impacting their child's initial response. This can be especially true when stress is high and energy is low. The fight, flight, or freeze response can be activated and you may find yourself reacting to your child with frustration or anger. This reaction can unknowingly turn your child's I won't and his frustration into a power struggle instead of dealing with the heart issue or heart of the issue. When considering what your child is actually communicating, it may be necessary to provide yourself time. It isn't always necessary to respond to an I won't comment. Sometimes a child has learned to respond this way to get attention. Negative attention, albeit, but attention it is. You may just repeat the request you made in a calm, authoritative voice, providing a clear message that this is what will be done. When a refusal happens, I am not in any way suggesting that a child who is unwilling to follow through on an instruction given, honor a request made, obey a parental rule, or meet an expectation should have the freedom to do whatever he or she wants. Love without limits is not love. Love always protects and considers what is best for the one it loves. Love considers the outcome of a decision. It takes into consideration the choices made and the behaviors exhibited. It seeks to understand in order to guide, instruct, 
teach and train one's child wisely for their emotional, social, physical, relational, and spiritual health and safety. I would like to suggest, however, that when your child is expressing, I won't, often there is probably more he's trying to communicate. You will hear me often refer to behavior as communication. And here in the classroom, it is a foundational statement. All behavior is a form of communication. So the next time your child says, I won't, perhaps tune in, maybe jot it down, and consider this handy visual that some of my clients have found useful. Think of a traffic light. Green represents acceptance. Invite your child to communicate with you. See your child's response as an expression in the moment, which may be fueled by something in his environment, making it difficult for him to do what he's been asked to do. It may help you to keep at the forefront the request or demand that was made in light of his age and personality. Perhaps it's as simple as he doesn't have the skills he needs yet. Yellow represents making an observation. Perhaps your child is hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Perhaps he senses your frustration, impatience, or anger. Yellow provides a pause. It may mean a brief time in to provide for a known need or time out for your child to return to a calm space. Red represents a full stop. When there are heightened emotions, frustration, and anger, a place that usually stems from a child refusing to follow a specific rule, breaking an agreement, or perhaps testing the waters to see how far he can go to get what he wants. At this time, it's important to keep your cool and not react. Respond with a calm, authoritative voice, clearly expressing what needs to happen to ensure safety and follow through. This might require time to set some distance between you and your child if bringing him close or having a conversation will make things more difficult. But follow through. Your child is looking for you to take the lead. It may not seem like it, but she needs you to be consistent with your rules and age-appropriate expectations. When I can't becomes a frequent response, Many parents fear this negative self-talk reveals that their child is lacking in self-confidence or they may be expressing self-defeating comments at an early age. I can't is simply common. We all use the contraction even when we know we should be saying I can. Even adults say I can't get this project done tonight or I can't make it to your game in, in, on time or I can't find the time to, when in fact, they can get the project done, it might just take longer than anticipated, and, comprom and compromising their ability to complete something else they want to do. They could make it to the game if they left work earlier, and they can find time if they want to. So to hear your child say, I can't, it's important to provide accurate information so his response can change. In fact, it's a skill he can learn. Here's a quick strategy for the I can't response. Remember, I can't is just one step from I can. It's important to validate your child's response. I can see this is difficult or it's hard when you have so many questions to answer. Here's the strategy. 
Step back, focus, next step, make a plan, you can. Step back, help your child take a break or step back for a moment if needed. Then focus on what he's doing. For example, I see you completed the first sentence in your writing assignment, that's great. This validates what he's done so far. Next, consider what's next for him. Do you know what comes next? Is there another way to try? Would it help to read the instructions again? Once he has a plan how to move forward, he's moved from I can't to I'll try. Trying moves him forward and helps him to see that he can take the next step. I won't and I can't are two responses that can be navigated by applying these two strategies. And now for a really great flexible thinking and problem solving activity for you and your family. We've talked about the importance of problem solving and flexible thinking in other episodes. In fact, next week we'll spend some more time on the practice and development of these important life skills. For this activity, you'll need a computer to, to access a short video clip on YouTube. First, search for the video clip with the title, Ormi the Pig. Ormi is spelled O-R-M-I-E. Ormi is a cute little animated pig that has a problem to solve. The great thing about this clip is that children four to 12 years of age can identify with Ormi in some way. Four to six-year-olds can identify what it is that Ormi wants. They might identify his feelings by his nonverbal cues. Seven to nine-year-olds can consider what Ormi tries to do to solve his problem. How does he use his thinking to solve his problem? Do you think his thinking helped him solve his problem? 10 to 12-year-olds can think about how effective Ormi's problem-solving skills were. They can also consider whether Ormi's flexible thinking skills made sense. Did he actually think about his idea before he initiated his solutions? They can also consider why the creator of the clip might have chosen a pig, and what lessons can they learn about problem-solving. By creating a relaxed family time together, you may include some popcorn or you might have your children make chocolate chip cookies and place them in a container on the top of the fridge. Your children can look forward to rescuing the cookies from the top of the fridge and you all can have a good laugh remembering Ormi's imaginative solutions. Don't forget to include in your conversation the fact that Ormi wasn't content to say, I can't. He continued to try many different ways to solve his problem, and when he finally succumbed to defeat, thinking he wouldn't end up with his prized possession, it literally landed in his lap. Sometimes when you think you can't or determine you won't, a solution arrives just in time. On today's episode, there were three opportunities to apply the 15-minute classroom strategy. If this is your first time in the classroom, please go back and listen to episode one to learn the 15-minute foundational strategy. In the meantime, I'd love to hear from you. If you're finding this podcast helpful, please follow me on Spotify or message me directly at coachingnextsteps at gmail.com. 
I'd love to hear your comments and welcome your questions. I look forward to joining you across this online table on the next episode of the 15 Minute.